Thanks for joining us today on Leader to Leader. We have in the studio a very special guest, retired Admiral Cohen, who has over 34 years of military experience, as well as private industry working for Eastern Airlines and Delta Airlines. He's going to give us some great tips on leadership, how to be better leaders, and how to apply it in today's world. Enjoy this episode of Leader to Leader. So know yourself. Casey, I'm thinking, because again, you're accomplished in many different ways, you so nicely broke it down to like a younger self to, you know, maybe a mid-career self, because as I've said many times, I'm in my mid-50s, I feel very differently than I did in my, let's say, early 30s trying to climb up the corporate ladder. So let's talk about that a little bit, reflect. Help us out. Okay. Well, you just handed me something that I really kind of like. One of my favorite authors on books on leadership, if you will, was Steve Covey's Principle-Centered Leadership. And he talks about people struggling mightily to climb the corporate ladder, the ladder that is leaning against the wrong wall. So part of that is the vision, making sure you're going in the right direction. But part of that is knowing yourself. I will say that I think I was 40 years old before I knew who I was. Yeah. Before I really understood what motivated me, what made me happy, what my shortcomings really were. Those are the hard things to face. So I think I was at 40 before I sort of began to get a sense of that. So you have to know who you are, how you operate, kind of analyze that. Obviously, in, in the corporate world, some of these 360 reviews, you know, is an attempt for you to hear and get that feedback so you can analyze how you are doing things. But I think that's really important. And I'm no psychologist, so I didn't want to get too deep into that world because I'll be off base. But I don't know if you're using Myers-Briggs these days, if that's still a popular tool. Yeah. But for me, that was an important thing to understand how, you know, have somebody from a psychological standpoint, look at how I answer things and say, well, you know, you're obviously an extroverted person. I go, okay, I'm a people person. I enjoy being around people and working with people. And then you get down to the last part. I'm an ESTJ that says you're judgmental. Ooh, yeah, I am. And that can be difficult. So you have to understand what makes you tick because everybody that's working with you is going to respond to how you're doing things. And to flip that on its ear just a little bit, you also have to come to the understanding that we're not all the same. We don't all think this anymore. If you work with a group of engineers, and as I said, I'm more of a people person, but if you're working with mathematical problem solvers as engineers, they don't think the way I do. They approach things differently. And you need to understand that if that's the team you happen to be involved with. I will tell you, Navy SEALs aren't like me. Aviators are aviators and SEALs are SEALs, and they're not the same. They don't think the same way. They operate a little differently. That's what I meant by know yourself. It's important to know who you are, but it's also important to know who they are and what makes them tick. That's a heavy lift, really, for someone that's 24, let's say, to get all that right. So we, we, I think we learn and improve and mature as we get older. And you, as you said, you recognize you don't quite think and feel the same way you did 20 years ago. And that's normal. But I think it's important to understand that and recognize that. Yeah. And it's funny because to me, 
there's so many different layers that go beyond. I mean, that's the being your whole self. And I could go in different directions. And I'm looking at Rick because Rick's probably rolling his eyes. That holistic thing again. But honestly, it is understanding not only those tools, because you talked about Myers-Briggs or we could talk about DISC, then, and this is what all the students learn, which is a great thing that we're talking about. This is real stuff being applied. Unless you apply, take a stance and just, as I say, take a breath when you're in those situations to say that seal is not thinking like me. I don't need to think like the seal. However, let me figure out how best I can do whatever it is, right? So it's understanding the engineers, linear, I need to probably present this in a clearer defined way than the old Allie Green, as Rick said, you know, around the world to come back. And that to me is always refining yourself back to your education. You never stop learning, right? Well, that's certainly true. If you're smart, you never stop learning. But I think you are spot on with fleshing out what I said there and making sense of it. Because if you don't understand that your staff members, some of them, you know, if they're all people, people, then okay, it's going to make the communication easier. If you're suddenly thrust into leading a team of engineers at your company for some reason, then you have to understand the differences and how you present to them or how they're going to perceive what you say. That is a heavy lift for young people. Mm -hmm. It's only as we get older and have more time to think about these things, I think that we begin to realize the nuance in this leadership thing. It's not just, okay, I'm going to communicate. I'm going to write down what has to be done, and I'm going to go give a speech to the team. It's tougher than that. There's a lot of nuance in here. So I think as we get older, the sooner we appreciate that, the better off we are as leaders. And part of, I will tell you, Rick, if you want to come in on this, that part of the goal as these leader to leader podcasts, we're developing them and inviting top leaders in to talk is really, you know what, if we can learn from people that are at the top, who've experienced it, and maybe save somebody else an extra five, 10 years, because knowing yourself, that is so important. And I think that it is important as top leaders to share that. And to share, you will fail or you will fail and then learn because that's also important. Rick, what do you think about in this role? You've been a successful lawyer in this role as dean that you stepped into about a year ago. Rick stepped in with, you know, obviously a different background, but it was definitely self-assurance. And can you talk a little bit about that, Rick? I love one thing that uh, Casey said. He wasn't sure he knew who he was at 40. And I was thinking of an analogy and I'm a little lighthearted and sometimes lawyers aren't always serious, but I remember people talking about our 10th high school reunion where everyone came back and tried to paint a picture of themselves as a totally different than what they really were at that point in their lives. The ones that had been the most popular were trying to just slide by on that. And those that had been maybe the nerds all of a sudden wanted to be the success of a 40-year-old. And then one of my classmates, and, and I'm very fond of my classmates, the greatest day of my life, Pensacola High School. But at 25, they said this was a great reunion because everyone was pretty well settled in with 
who they were, what they were in life. So I wanted to just make that point because I've changed careers. I've worked in accounting, then I went to law school at 29 and had the good fortune of a, a decent law practice. And then when I became chair of accounting and finance, I heard Mordo Sullivan talking about they used his accounting firm was a big firm admiral and they used the disc assessment. I, you may have seen that one. I was really fascinated because they were had brought some of the, our former students that were staff people and they were talking about what they had learned from the disc assessment. And I started seeing myself for really for the first time with a different clarity is there were going to be some clients that they did not want to get down to business. They were going to take 15 or 20 minutes to how's everybody doing. Allie is, fits that profile. I loved when we started doing the round tables during the pandemic. She always would start with, how's everyone doing? How are you? We did not know it was going to evolve into this. We were trying to get breaking news about what was impacting our hospitality industry here at Admiral. So it was a little different setting then, but I was real impressed. So I took the disc thing and called Morton. I said, thank you for telling me about that. He said, well, you don't need to have it analyzed. I can tell you, you're the highest eye I've ever seen. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, you are the most outgoing person and you're going to take time to know about people before you get down to business. And he said a lot, that's hard for a lot of accountants because they don't want to waste any time on getting to know you. They want to get the problem and make the, the entry or make the decision. So I learned a little bit, even as a much older guy becoming a dean, that that touch is important. And I walk the halls and I would go a different route if I was going to get a bottle of water, if I was going to, as we call it in the law practice, step down the hall to do what we do down the hall. And I missed that. And we were working recently on shortening our Zoom meetings. So we would have a little bit more time to actually do some paperwork or make some decisions. And I think at the end of it, we concluded that some of the brainstorming we would do at some point in those Zoom calls was really important. That was our stepping down the hall, just having that human contact. So I don't know that that really comes back knowing yourself, but I do know, I, I'm convinced that I have to have contact with folks. If I'm in a vacuum, I can't lead that way. That's just not my style. So I had not thought of it as knowing myself so much. So thank you for that. I mean, I really learned a lot by you saying that and I'm more comfortable and it's okay to be who I am. I don't have to apologize so much on, before we get to the decision-making, I want us to have a little time to talk about the things surrounding that and how freeing that is to have an affirmation right here on a leader to leader today. Thank you for that. I hope that answers a little bit of your question now. Well, authentically it does. I just thought, Casey, I'd throw that in. There's that favorite word again. There's the authentic word. Now, <laughs> funny. Let me interject here because of what Rick said there. You know, when you get selected for a flag in general rank, and the services all do this. But, so in the Navy, you and your spouse for the first time get orders to Washington, D.C. to go to school for a week. And basically, it's a school about the things you need to know because now you're elevated to a different level in the corporation, if you will. And so expectations are different and so, so forth and so on. But at the same time, one of the first things they tell you is don't change who you are. Mm. Who you are is what got you here. So you have to be who you are. You can't think, okay, now I'm in a different role. I'm going to you know, rewrite my own internal script. 
because that doesn't work successfully. And we have to be comfortable in our own skin with the way we do business. It doesn't mean we can't learn techniques, but you can't pretend to be somebody you're not. That just doesn't fold up. Another thought, because both Rick and I have been in that place where you're, as I said, you're scheduled all day long. One of the things that our our young German MBAs and anybody else listening to this need to know as they move up the leadership ladder is you do have to carve time out yourself to not only take care of yourself, and we don't need to get into all of that, but what I wanted to say is you have to carve out time to step back and make sure you're still on track with the vision, that the needs of the company, if you will, haven't changed such that you need to make a mid-course correction in where you are taking your MBA department or whatever. You have to periodically give yourself that chance to actually sit back and evaluate a bit. And then when you think you've got those answers, maybe you need to bounce them off your favorite friend that will tell you whether you're right or not. Too often, I think you can get wrapped up in the day-to-day requirements of all the things that have to be answered to and forget to do that periodically. And then suddenly you wake up and find you've gone off track and you're not headed where you or the company is supposed to be headed. So I think that's an important piece of that, managing your own, knowing yourself, knowing what you need to be doing, and making sure you allow for time for that. I want to make a quick comment about that. I made this comment that I've gotten so busy meeting myself coming and going that I am not can't remember which way I was supposed to be going when, when I met myself coming the other direction. So I think what a great reminder. And I think Allie and if Melissa was here, we would admit that we get so busy that I believe it was Melissa said, maybe it was you, Allie, in a meeting just yesterday that we've got to find time in between, that's a couple of days ago, to block in time to just do some of the work. And I think implicit in that was, and to take a breath. And if you need to step down the hall, or you, you need to remember to have lunch or you need to do this or that. And what a great reminder that well, this thing right here, I want to change because you're on call. Bert Thornton is, is a great person. I don't know if you've heard Bert speak, but he was the CEO of Waffle House and just did a great job. Mm-hmm. Growing the company almost a hundredfold, I think. The first time he corresponded with me, he wrote and he said, uh, this is Bert Thornton, 40 years, Waffle House, maybe line cook and uh, custodian. I'm 24-7. And we joke about that. But with this, in our world today, we're 24-7. It's not unusual to me to send out an email response at 3 o'clock in the morning, not expecting anyone to get it. And 15 minutes later, Allie responds to it or a Melissa or a faculty member because they're up and we're attached now. We're tethered to this thing. We get text messages, phone messages, emails. And uh, what a great lesson that I've been listening to something more that Quint Studer wrote a couple of weeks ago about you've got to take a break from it. You have got to let yourself have the mental freedom to not be reading something all the time. You miss so much of life when you're trying to make just one more email, answer one more text. Great lesson. I think what's entertaining to me and valuable to me is we learn things that are so obvious. <laughs> leader to leader when someone just takes the time to say it, that it's not everything is a big new thing you learn. It's the basics. Well, I think there's a lot of truth in that. 